there's silver linings to everything. And my silver lining was it gave me the time to really learn the business. I've got to learn the systems. There's different booking platforms. There's all sorts of travel partners. There's contacts in the industry. And I had to learn all that, start meeting with people. And it gave me the time to do it on my time. Yeah, the money wasn't great in the beginning, but it did allow me some flexibility as far as that goes. Now I feel very prepared. If you were to get into the habit of asking yourself, does this support the life I'm trying to create? You may find yourself on the right path. And I'm certain that's what my guest today, Corey Cook, has done for herself in her career journey. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Crystal Laurie. With Corey, we're delving into the world of a luxury travel advisor and blogger and how she made it all happen. A bucketless career clearly challenged by the pandemic. She actually started her dream job just as COVID-19 hit. Corey shares how she navigated the industry slowdown, what travel is looking like now. She just returned from Mexico and what to expect as we ease back into a world where most flights are no longer half full and bookings are picking up at resorts. In this episode, we follow her quest to find a career that focuses on her love of travel, writing and photography. Corey pivoted from the art world and a job at the Museum of Modern Art in Manhattan that took her all over the world to become a blogger and founder of FifiAndHop.com. It's a travel resource. She includes writing and guides that serve as inspiration for her followers. But she recognized the need to better monetize her voice and content and decided to put that inspiration to practical use by forming a partnership with the boutique firm Ellie Travel of New York, coming on board as an advisor and luxury experience curator. So Corey's takeaways, you can find the balance that allows you to do exactly what you love, work that taps your talents and excites you, and you actually don't have to cross the globe to get there. Though post-pandemic, many of us would love to. (laughs) Who's with me? Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's great to have you on Bucketless Careers. Thank you for having me. So you look ever so slightly sun-kissed, I would say. I know you just <laughs> got back from an exploratory trip for work and probably, if I'm right, one of your first flights in many moons. <laughs> yeah, I, I went to Mexico. I did fly over the summer. I went out to Colorado, a bit of a different climate because that was summertime. Yeah. And this was the first flight I've taken since then. You know, Mexico doesn't require a COVID test to get in. So a lot of Americans have been going there. That's, I think, one of the things we're all very curious about capacity and how the resorts are doing it right now in this moment, as travel seems to be gradually opening up with the COVID-19 vaccines being more available. I want to get to all of that, but I do want to begin chronologically with your bucket list career journey and the transitions you've made, the pivots, how you were able to overcome obstacles. You know, it's not just a resume. We want to hear how you achieved all the different stages of your evolution. So let's start with out of college. I know that you began as an event planner in San Francisco, and then you went to New York City to move into the art world. I did. I had the event planning experience. It's funny. I did not have the art experience, the art world experience, but my skills were what they needed and it was a great match. And I wound up doing a lot of travel at that job. I worked for a private membership group called the Contemporary Arts Council. It was high level donors who were used to a certain way of things. And we went all around the world. We went to art biennials, triennials, art events, 
and we saw private collections. We went to artist studios. It was a blast. I mean, it was, it was a great, great job. Absolutely great for someone who loves travel. I have a list here of where that gig took you. You went to Istanbul, Cuba, Switzerland, China, Amsterdam, Ireland. But you did tell me that you felt you couldn't keep that up with your long-term personal goals. For sure. It's hard to imagine yourself traveling a lot when you know that you're going to get married and have babies soon. So the MoMA job was great. I was in my 20s. I could just take off. And, you know, some trips were almost two weeks. And that wasn't a problem. But I knew kind of going forward, it wasn't the type of job that would be easy to do with kids. So I did eventually leave. But I've kind of come full circle now. You know, my kids are 13 and 11 now. When I moved out to Westchester, I started a travel blog because I loved, I also love to, in addition to planning people's trips, I love to travel, right? And travel photography. And I started that. And that just kind of, that was a side gig, kind of like a hobby slash work. And um, I decided, you know what, now is the time they're older where I can really do this for a living. And the travel blog is Fifi and Hop. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So Fifi and Hop, I started, you know, when I moved out to Westchester, I was done with the city. The double stroller up the staircase and the grocery shopping with the stroller, I was done. And when I got out here, I just wanted to explore and see green and space. And so I started this blog really as a source for day trips and weekends. And then that turned into kind of as the girls got older, we were taking off for Italy and Spain. And it it turned into a resource for travel guides. So that was really my main goal. I wanted to write guides for people and inspire people and give people tips. And I actually got quite a nice following from it. It was just very hard to make money at it. I was just about to say that. Monetizing a blog, to me, that is my first concern. So were you beginning to think, okay, how do I expand on this? How were you trying to approach taking it to the next level? It was hard. I mean, if you want to make it as a blogger, it doesn't matter what genre, you need to know how to market and do the right SEO codes And all of that stuff, I did not have a background in doing. I didn't come from a marketing background. So I really started to learn about that. And I I learned a lot about blogging. But at the end of the day, if I were to make money as a travel blogger, I would have to be traveling all the time with my family. I mean, the ones who make money at family travel blogging are the ones who are kind of homeschooling. And they're out there all the time. and, And that's not my calling. It wasn't for me. So I was like, all right, this isn't going to work as a career. I am a single mom. I need to think about how I'm going to bring the money in. But I wanted to still keep it going. It was my baby. And and I do have quite, you know, I I have a lot of followers. So I I wasn't going to just stop cold turkey. So I had a partnership with a firm called Ellie Travel Group. It's a group of, an amazing group of travel advisors. We had a business partnership. And that eventually turned into, I started working for them and have not looked back. That was about a little less than a year ago. And it was just an easy next step. And now I'm, I have all these contacts in the travel industry world and I've learned so much and, and I love planning trips for people. So it was a really nice segue. 
So you're a luxury travel advisor. You've been doing this for a year, which means that you got into it, I think, right before COVID-19 hit. Is that about right? Yeah, pretty much when it hit. That could not have been easy, but that was just the way it panned out. And you were facing, obviously, enormous challenges with the travel industry screeching to a halt. So tell us how you navigated that in the beginning. And then, you know, we'll get up to date now because things are getting better, thankfully. They are. We are starting to have baby steps to normalcy when it comes to travel. But when you got into travel advising, it was a tough time. Uh, Very tough time. I mean, I thought maybe I was being a little crazy (laughs) because obviously it was going to take a while for the money to come in. But there's silver linings. And for me, had I dived right into becoming a travel advisor and planning people's trips at the height of pre-COVID, I think I would have been overwhelmed. There's silver linings to everything. And my silver lining was it gave me the time to really learn the business. You know, I've, I've got to learn the systems. There's different booking platforms. There's all sorts of travel partners. There's contacts in the industry. And I had to learn all that, start meeting with people. And it gave me the time to kind of do it on my time. Yeah, the money wasn't great in the beginning, but it did allow me some flexibility as far as that goes. Now I feel very prepared going forward. And you're right, things are really changing vastly now because the vaccine is moving along and people are traveling now. Tell me what kind of calls you're getting. You know, I haven't been to an airport since early 2020. (laughs) And doing this interview, I was just so excited to talk about travel even because I'm, I'm not there yet, but it feels like it's getting closer. So what kind of requests are you getting? Would you say that you're, you're getting double the amount of calls than you got a couple months ago? What is the volume like and where are you telling people to go safely? Well, first of all, it really varies because it depends on the person's comfort with COVID. It really runs the gamut. I'm sending people to Lake Placid. I'm sending people to the Caribbean. Some people don't want to get in a plane, but they want to get away. So they want something within a drivable destination. But the Caribbean and Mexico, it depends on the island. There's so many factors right now with COVID that it's it's such an individual approach and such a personal thing. So some islands require a COVID test for entry within three days of arrival. Some destinations require five days. Some destinations require a week. If you are okay with a three-day and you're not kind of an anxious person, then that's worked great for people. But a lot of people don't want that. They want the five-day because, you know, not every place can get the PCR test back in three days. Of course, of course. I have people inquiring about Alaska I have people inquiring about Jackson Hole. And then I have people who are like, you know what? I don't want to get on a plane. I just want to go down to Charleston, South Carolina, or I want to go up to Maine. It's comfort level, which I completely understand. I'm never, as a travel advisor, going to push any kind of trip on anyone. It's a hard time right now. And I'm not going to push somebody to get on a plane if they are not comfortable with it. There's a psychological factor right now, I would imagine, with everyone's approach to travel. Do you feel that your blog, being a writer, curating these experiences, that's a part of your job? For sure. I write travel guides. I advise, I guide, and I inspire. And I I definitely think my advice is well-received. I mean, first of all, it's not just me. Working with any travel advisor is, is, it became much more in vogue in recent years. Now it's People want to turn to a travel advisor because they want that help. They don't know what countries are doing what as far as COVID goes, and they want the broken down guidelines. 
They want me to break it down for them, which I completely understand. So I had a client call the other day. She was like, tell me everything about Mexico. I want to know from point A to point Z how that worked. Exactly. And you really can't get that just online booking on your own. So you've really become a more indispensable tool due to the pandemic in a way. Right. It's very much a psychological thing. I mean, I, I get into the psyche of people, as even pre-COVID, if I had been a travel advisor then, and this is going into the future. Yeah. Everybody's different. Everybody wants a different experience. So I need to know that person. I need to know what their kid's like what they like to do as a family, what they don't like to do as a family, if they want an adults-only getaway, which I definitely think I'm going to see a lot more of. People have been (laughs) with their kids nonstop. That's definitely going to be a priority for a lot of people. So it is, it's kind of helping people decide where to go and what would work best for them. Can you answer that question, actually? Uh, That person who called you and said, tell me everything A to Z about Mexico? (laughs) Sure. I, I would say when I was there in the resort, you had to take a temperature test to get in the gates to the community. Right. You had to take another temperature test to get into the hotel. You had, there was, they installed an outdoor sink. I had to wash my hands. I had to hand sanitize. I had to sanitize my shoes before going in. Every restaurant required a temperature check. You'll have people who will say, yeah, but for the people who don't show symptoms, that it doesn't really matter for the asymptomatic people, they could still be super spreaders. Well, technically, sure. These more four or five-star hotels are doing absolutely everything they can. They have the resources to do them. I felt incredibly safe. I felt (laughs) probably more safer than I would in Florida, which is you're going into the bars. Do you feel more mask-centric in Mexico versus like Miami, where I've heard people don't always wear masks on the streets? I'm not getting into the judgment of it. I'm just saying that I haven't been to Miami, but I have heard that that is the case. So what about the mask situation? So it was because I was at a resort, it's mandatory. Not outside at the beach and at the pool, right? but everywhere else is mandatory. And honestly, it was fine. I live in New York. I've been used to this. So it wasn't a problem wearing masks. I went in, I did a day trip in Tulum. People were wearing masks. I would say if you are not ready to get on an airplane, then you need to seriously think about it. And I'm a very transparent travel advisor. I'm not going to try and sugarcoat anything. The flight was full. It was 300 people in a plane, every seat taken. The airports were full. Me personally, I was fine with it. I double masked. I had my hand sanitizer. I had my wipes to wipe everything down. My kids double masked. I felt prepared. But if you are on the fence with COVID, then maybe you wait until you're okay to fly. Fair enough. I mean, I think a lot of people are at the point where you're just considering your own personal risk level. What percentage of risk are you willing to take? And if you're not ready to take that risk, then don't get on a flight is what you're saying, because don't expect it to be 50% full. That's not the case. Not at this stage of the game. Yep. Uh, people are getting vaccinated. The other thing I want to say is people in general can't be quick to judge. You never know what the situation is. Mm-hmm. So for example, It was a full flight. I overheard a conversation amongst the family in the row behind me. They were all talking about having received the Moderna vaccine. They had all been vaccinated. Okay. When we got to our hotel, I actually ran into a couple families I know, one of them from my hometown. They had just had COVID. So they were in that window 
They were in that three-month window where it was fine. So you just don't really know at this point with so much going on with the vaccinations having taken off, don't assume everybody is spreading the disease. Yeah. Talk about your journey in terms of what we can share with listeners, takeaways. Let's say there's somebody who feels they have common ground with what ignites your passion. You always love travel. You felt writing was your art form. Mm -hmm. You were able to put those two things together. You started a blog. You recognized, I don't think that this is enough. I've got to grow it more. So based on your career path, what you've experienced, what do you think you want listeners to learn from it? And how can they remove the roadblocks to doing what you've done? I mean, one thing I would say is if you would like to become a travel advisor, you have to really love it. It is a lot of work and I like the work. So it works for me. What kind of work? Research and then maybe suddenly getting two clients who are calling at the same time and they want that thing booked today. And just knowing how to handle that, knowing how to multitask and getting to really know the properties and where you're sending people. You, you know, they want a destination, but you want to make sure you're sending them to the right property for them. Sure. But what I love about it is I can work from home. You know, post-COVID, when we'll be getting back into the swing of things, we will be having our in-house meetings again. We're doing them on Zoom right now. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I can do this from home. So if you're looking for flexibility, like for parents, it's an obtainable job. Don't think it's not obtainable. And I, I think, you know, it's just a matter of believing that if you really love it, do your research, do your homework. There's no reason why you wouldn't be able to make this happen. There's flexibility to it. Well, it's really exciting to hear this whole conversation surrounding travel. I think a lot of us have been, you know, just aching for it, but doing the right thing and trying to operate safely. I'm working with you, as you know, on a trip very I soon. Know. No <laughs> pressure. I actually have an email out to you regarding something about that. Well, you know what? I have good news for you. This is breaking news for you, Corey Cook. My husband's getting vaccinated oh, soon. So that, amazing. You know, again, that's a game changer. And uh, yeah, as soon as we're done with this podcast, we have some work to do. That's great. <laughs> it is always fun to talk to you and want to mention your website for our listeners one more time. Thank you. It's Phoebe and Hop and it's phoebeandhop.com. But I'll spell it because a lot of people think it's with a P-H. So it's F-I-F-I and hop, H-O-P.com. And they can also find you at L-E-E-L-L-I travel.com as well. Correct? Correct. Always appreciate you joining me on the show. A quick note, I'm planning to have guests that are not only bucket list career candidates, but also coaches from time to time to help us get more in depth with takeaways and help you to apply what we're sharing here. How do you take action, Right. You deserve the best 2021 career-wise, and in every aspect of your life, we all do. I really love reading your reviews, by the way. If you have a moment, you can do it on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you like to listen. Thank you again. Talk soon. An ironic media production. Visit us at ironicmedia.com.